I am so excited to welcome you back to the Chronically Fulfilled Life podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Truelove, and I can't wait for you to dive into today's episode. On today's episode, we are joined by Michelle Martinez. Michelle is not only a chronic illness warrior that is battling multiple chronic illnesses, including multiple sclerosis. But she's also your go-to wellness and self-care strategist. She is on a mission to help keep her body healthy, nurture her self-care journey, and boost mental health. We talk about how her journey began caring for a loved one, discovering the powers of systems and advocacy. I cannot wait for you to hear this real honest conversation where we laugh, we cry, and brain fog might go in there a little too. It is definitely an episode you don't want to miss. So without further ado, let's dive in and meet Michelle Martinez. Before we dive into today's episode, it's important to note that the content we discuss is based on personal experiences. And we want to emphasize that this is not medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare professionals for personalized guidance on your unique journey. I'm your host and chronic illness bestie, Alyssa Trulove. And this show is dedicated to honest and realistic conversations about building a life you love while navigating the challenges of chronic illness. There is no room for toxic positivity here. And I promise you, I will never claim to have a magic cure for your chronic illness. But what I will do is share my real life stories, provide genuine strategies, solutions, and invite some incredible guests to support you along your journey. You're listening to the Chronically Fulfilled Life Podcast. Welcome, Michelle. I am thrilled to have you on the Chronically Fulfilled Life Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. And as to chronic illness warriors sharing and swapping tools, tricks, and everything in between. Yes, that is what we are all about. And I always say we are here to help give any tools, strategies, resources, anything that we have that we could share and help another chronic illness warrior on their journey. Because let me tell you, and I've said this once, and I will say it a million times, there is no cure for chronic illness in the sense of, I'm sorry, essential oils and yoga are definitely a tool (laughs) that can be used, right? Um, They're a tool that can be used. Don't get me wrong. I think definitely a tool that can be used, but I will never claim to have a magic pill to sell you or something that is going to poof, make it vanish. So I'm here to get real, to get raw and talk about things that actually work in our lives to help us build a love, a love. Build love, but build love in ourselves and our life, right? And yes. you get so that we are in more of a living mode of life and not just a survival mode. Absolutely. Yeah. So to start us off, to dive in, let's dive in deep. I'd love to know a little bit more about your journey and your chronic illness journey. Oh man, my the start of my journey came on the heels of taking care of my dad, the whole pandemic extravaganza, if I could put it lightly. (laughs) It was 
<laughs> the beginning of 2020, my dad was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And that's a whole nother story in and of itself, just my dad and his health. And then 2020 happens, taking care of him, going through everything. 2021, I think it was about June 2021 when his health took a turn and then it became primary. And let's just say being a caregiver in general is a struggle, but to be a caregiver for a parent, oh my God, that's a level of strength you never knew you had until you're in it. And fortunately, but unfortunately, he lost his battle with it in October 21. I say fortunately because he's no longer suffering as as chronic illness warriors know, but I, I miss him dearly. And then the change happened. Oh God, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving that year. And the very first symptom I got was dead arm, dead leg on my left side. And I'm just like, crap, am I having a stroke with it? Because, you know, you don't know. You, the symptoms is weird. It's random. It pops up out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, what's going on? This is so weird. And it only lasts for, I don't know, maybe four minutes. Um, trying to get my day started that morning with my family and everything. It's just like, okay, this is weird. And then for a period of 10 days, it was a different symptom every single day for those 10 days. And I felt like I was having the start of a cold. But then it was in the morning when I wake up congested, cold, stuffy nose, the whole thing of when you start to feel that way, that icky feeling. But then the middle of the day or the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Okay, what was that? And then tingling in a weird spot right on the inner part of my bottom lip. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But okay, let me start writing down what's going on. And that's kind of the habits I built with my dad is writing down the day-to-day of what's going on with him so I could report it back to the doctors, to hospice, all of that. It's like, okay, I need to start writing this down for myself. And then what really, I guess, took a turn is the following weekend, my husband and I, we go to Vegas every year and it's usually for softball. That's our big thing is softball. And I'm trying to drive him to his first game Sunday morning. And it's bright, beautiful, bright, winter day out in Vegas, but there are black splotches in my left eye. And the technical term is floaters, but of course I didn't know at the time. And of course, when you're in Vegas, my first time was like, how much did I drink last night? <laughs> and it's like, okay, what's going on? And, you know, trying to figure it out. And then I went about the day, but it was still there. So it was tripping me out. And I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, okay. He's like, well, you know, keep letting me know what's going on. I was like, all right. So then the next day it got worse to where there were more in my eye. And I was like, all right, I need to call my ophthalmologist to figure out what the heck's going on. Luckily, I was able to get in to see her. I think it was that Wednesday of us coming back from the weekend And I told her all my symptoms, let her know what was going on. And she was just like, all right, Michelle, I'm going to be fully transparent with you. Everything you're saying to me sounds like it's the start of MS. I've ordered an MRI for you and we're going to 
do this first steps to see what it is. And we're going to go from there. And it's like, okay. And of course I do the one thing that we all should never do. Go home, Dr. Google, what is multiple sclerosis? What am I preparing my body for? If this is happening, you know, the whole gambit and then dealing with the healthcare system. It was a struggle trying to get my MRI appointment. Mind you, all of this started in November of 2021. I didn't get my MRI until January 2022 scheduled. But then as soon as I got my results of my MRI, swelling in my brain, the start of MS lesions. And of course, that was like the big blow because you're, you know, you're fine. And all of a sudden I have a chronic illness and it's like, oh my God. And immediately started crying in my husband's arms like, okay, this is new. What's going to change? How is my life going to be? And then, of course, you got to find humor in everything. I backed up and I was like, see, this is why I'm batshit crazy. They're swelling in my brain. It's pushing. It's making everything go wrong. And he's looking at me like, are you serious? <laughs> so then I was officially diagnosed with multiple sclerosis January 29th, 2022. And it's been a unique experience ever since. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing and your vulnerability to share. Mm -hmm. I am so sorry to hear about your father, but he would be so grateful and like looking down like the fact that you sacrificed to give up time, energy, emotional, physical, all of it to care for him because it is caring for. And I personally have not been in this situation with a parent, but I have been a grandparent and it's a very unique situation. I can imagine yes. for a parent and it's not just taking a toll on your physical health, but your emotional, your mental health. It's all of it. Everything. Right? So yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us because I think a lot of listeners have been in that position and can relate to the unique experience that you shared. I want to go back to something you said as well. You were talking about how for your dad, you would write down things for hospice. So you write down information that they needed, what was going on probably tracking different levels of this, of that, and how you transfer that skill to your own life. And I am a super big advocate, and I will shout this to the rooftops until ever. <laughs> tracking your pain and symptoms is so, so important. And whether you do that in a way that is pen and paper and you get yourself a calendar and you write it down, I've created for myself and my clients like a digital tool to be able to do that, the spreadsheet that you can use to make it easy, whatever way there is for you to easily track your pain and symptoms, that information. So for you to be able to go to your doctor, you had that information and it was almost like, I okay, so you might think I'm crazy, but the way I kind of think about it is when you are dealing with going through getting diagnosed with a chronic illness or for most of, most of us, unfortunately, multiple it's almost like you're trying to solve a mystery. You're trying to solve a mystery, a murder, something. Oh yes, right? yes. So your doctor <laughs> is like the detective, right? Essentially, is like the detective that's on the case. But all yeah. of the tracking that you're doing, whether that be you sharing the experience that happened with your arm or the floaters and describing in the way at that time you didn't know that's what it was, but seeing the black dots appear. By you being able to describe to that doctor the when, the frequency, the how, like all of these things happening, they're like all those little clues. So the doctor has that 
evidence per se or clues to help them with their mission to find out. Now, we all know not all doctors are made the same. Oh my <laughs> that's God. Other yeah. issue. But it really is. And the power of that, and that's why I say this probably on every podcast, but it is so important to track your pain and your symptoms. Yes. Even past the point of diagnosis because yep. it can help with what medications you are, your treatment yep. plan, what's working, what's not working. It is just so, so important. So I have a story for that too. Yes, I have. We share, share. Oh, yes. So we, my husband and I, we go to my first appointment with my neurologist and going over like my medication. So I'm on an infusion cycle therapy and it's supposed to slow this progression of MS. And so luckily it was caught early on to where I am. I'm fairly okay. I won't say I'm okay, but fairly okay. But I also let him know that I had terrible, terrible insomnia. And so he prescribed a, an antidepressant medication as I started to learn through this whole process that oh, antidepressant medication, that could be like a whole other episode for you as well. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I feel you there. I feel you Oh there. my God. And so, of course, me and my husband were like, okay, we trust him. He's prescribing something to help me sleep. Yes, it helped me sleep, but it did a lot of other things that took about six to nine months that we weren't quite aware of until shit hit the fan. And it was basically, it masked almost all my symptoms, really, and so much more, like I had a lack of thirst. I was constantly thirsty, chugging water. And it's like, okay, what's going on? My appetite diminished. And I was always the person, give it to Mikey, he'll eat it. That whole saying back in the day. And just a few other things. And But the biggest part, because it was an antidepressant, I went through, excuse me, I went through a stressful moment at the end of summer last year. and. It pushed me. It took my stress and it pushed me into depression and it pushed me into suicidal thoughts. And it it pushed the relationship between me and my husband to where, I don't know what it is with Thanksgiving, but around, they actually Thanksgiving day last year, everything in our relationship came to a breaking point that morning. And we started talking about it and things got kind of iffy with our relationship. But then once we started talking, we realized it was communication. And then we started realizing maybe it's the medication or what's going on. What are the changes? Then it was the Friday after Thanksgiving. And it's like one of the Thanksgivings, if you're ever to be thankful for something, (laughs) to be thankful that you can come through that moment in a relationship, no matter who it is. But the day after, it was time for me to take my medication that evening. And I don't know. I'm going to reference friends here. It was like BB logic that kicked in. And I looked at my husband. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Do you remember reading the pamphlet on the medication? He was like, I kind of do. I was like, do you remember the first two side effects? It says depression and suicidal thoughts. He goes, stop taking that shit. Stop taking it right now. It's like done. And 
for the next three to five days, it took me a few oh, a few days to figure it out. I went through withdrawals from it. Never have I ever known or understood withdrawals. I, I've never gone through a, you know, a drug addiction or anything like that. I, I it will help people for those who are going through that. I feel them dearly. I got a small taste of it and it scared the shit out of me to the point where ridiculously gross night sweats. But on the other side, within a couple of days, I was happy again. I was myself again. I was eating. I was drinking. But then, of course, on, on the other flip side of that, I started feeling all my symptoms again. And then it was like I was being diagnosed all over again and having to relearn my body and having to relearn my body with the chronic illness. So basically, all of this year, it's almost as if I was diagnosed just this year, not a year plus, almost two years, and understanding everything. And because and, and documenting everything, what, you know, what time this happens, I'm big and I... For me, I started that habit because for being a former admin, having to take notes, meeting notes, tracking everything, documenting everything. So anything you've done in your previous life and in your businesses, it does transfer and translate over to anything, whether it's in life, whether your business, whatever. And I just started documenting the new symptoms that were happening to me, the new things that were going on with me. And I was like, oh, okay. This is, this is my, my symptoms now. This is what I have to deal with. And okay, let's relearn this. What can I do? What can I not do? And it was then again, remembering, okay, take a deep breath. And what can I gain from this? Let's not, you know, let's not get back into depression. Let's not, because I went through it before with the toxic job that in blind in in a in a blessing I had to quit to take care of my dad but I was able to get through that and I thought I was fine but this medication is like oh my gosh so it's like I'm now one of those believers unless you absolutely have to to where it will help you and you've done your research I'm all for the most holistic way <laughs> to get through life like I still take my my infusion medicine that's probably the only heavy medicine i will take but other than that i'm going to try and find a, a holistic way to get through the day-to-day week-by-week symptoms because that experience just scared the crap out of me so i'm well for trying to find the teas turmeric ginger everything all of the little things and just remembering really what our ancestors did and how they got through. And, you know, it sounds kind of woo or whatever, but <laughs> it's just like, that's what we have to do. How do they get through these things? How do they survive? What did they do? And that's kind of what it's led me to, to today and trying to get through things and be resilient through all of it. <laughs> so true. And that is such a powerful story. And Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing it because I know that there's people out there that can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, sharing how, like you said, tracking your pain and symptoms and seeing the changes in you, right? And it might not be, you know, changes that are typical that you would think to track, 
but tracking mm-hmm. your mood, tracking how you are feeling, okay. the amount of sleep that you're getting, like all of these different things are so important and they can be clues to tell us like maybe this isn't working, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't. Yes. I want to give everyone permission. If something is happening, if something doesn't feel right in your body, even let's say you go through your diagnosis and now your doctor puts you on a plan, right? Like this is the treatment, medication, all of those things that are supposed to be what is going to help you. We are all such individual, unique beings. What works for somebody might not work for another. So being able to be open and honest and share and say, okay, I've been on medication, right? So let's say it's a medication that isn't like advocating for yourself making that appointment and saying, I am on this medication. These are the symptoms that I'm having. I, I, I can't live like that. Like this is not something that I can do. Right. Yep. And reaching out and saying that because it is so true that medications are very powerful, especially when we deal with chronic illness, because like you said, we are a lot of the times dealing with antidepressants. We are dealing with hormone balancers. We are dealing with all of these strong medications that have a lot of adverse effects. Yes. Yes. A lot of adverse effects that can come from them. So like always, and I have my little disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast, we are not medical professionals. We are just sharing our own opinions and journeys. Yep. So always make sure that you do reference somebody on your healthcare team to help yes. you through decisions and make them. I know some medications now that I'm on currently, I cannot just stop. Like they're like, they're specifically like you have to almost like mm-hmm. wean yourself off of. So even if there is a chance of something like you were sharing, mm-hmm. always just maybe give a little shout out, give a call and just see kind of what are the steps. Even a pharmacist can help with this too. Like what are my steps yeah. to remove myself from this? Right? Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't follow my steps per se, but, <laughs> and I'm a good person that use that age old saying, do as I say, not as I do, unless I strongly believe it's something that you should do, like what we kind of shared in our social media recently, be an advocate for yourself. And it was one of the greatest pieces of advice from my chiropractor during the start of all of this, be the squeaky wheel. Do not be okay with what they tell you if it doesn't sit well with you say something, speak up because, and again, it's, if you don't say something, they don't know something is wrong. Something is bothering you. So you're going to continue to deal with that. Unless you speak up, you have to stand up and say something. You may cry. You may feel uncomfortable. You may be pissed off, but as long as you're speaking for yourself and how you're feeling, all your symptoms, what you're dealing with mental, physical health, that they can refer you to somebody else something speak up it's so important so powerful and yes we were we were both sharing um a tiktok we reposted it because it was super powerful but it's all about advocating for yourself and there's so many ways you can do this and not only in a doctor's appointment in other Mm -hmm. areas of your life advocating for yourself is not just something that is, you know, a nice touch on top or, oh, it would be a nice to do. It is a necessary means. You need to be advocating for yourselves. And this can mm-hmm. look so many different ways. This could yes. be, for example, if a doctor is talking to you, because for them, when they're talking and they're talking their language, 
they do this every day. They're doing this with tens of hundreds of patients, right? So for them saying just, you know, some doctor gibberish that means something and it goes over your head or you're like so overwhelmed because the first thing you say, maybe you grasp onto it. It's okay to ask clarifying questions. Yes. I'm so, I don't actually understand what that means. Can you please share what exactly is this going to do? Why is it going to benefit me? And mm-hmm. ask those clarifying questions. Because that is okay. You are not annoying. You are not a burden. You are not by being, be that squeaky wheel. Like Michelle said, be that squeaky wheel. Yes. If you have an appointment referral, like you said, your MRI, be that person that calls, get on that cancellation list, call again because yes. you want to That's get it, yes. forward. Even in your own personal life, advocate for yourself. If it's something that you need, even if it is in work or entrepreneurship, if there's something you need, advocate for yourself. Because like you said, nobody will ever know that's something that you need or nothing is going to change if you don't speak up. Yes, yes, yes. It's definitely, definitely huge. And it's something that, like you said, outside of your, your health, I'm trying to teach to my daughter. And, and it's, it's a unique experience because I'm an extrovert. My husband's an introvert and she's a definitely an ambivert and she's eight years old. And so still learning her and her personality and she will clam up as soon as she hits an emotional moment. And it's just like, okay, I'll give you your space because she always has trouble talking about it. And she'll look at me like, you're supposed to know, you know, everything else. You're supposed to know what's wrong with me and help me. And it's like, I can't, if you don't tell me, I don't know. And so then I just had to talk with her like, baby girl, when you're ready to talk about it, I'm still here. That's fine. If you're not ready or you're not sure how to tell me, but I just want to let you know, you have to say something and start speaking up for yourself because it's your friends, a teacher, me, your grandparents, dad, whoever it is is doing something that's bothering you or you're uncomfortable with or you have questions, say something so that way we can answer your questions or if it is something that's truly bothering you, then we know, oh my gosh, that's bothering you. Okay, we need to stop doing that to Charlie and stop hurting her for bothering her, whatever it is. And so that way, you know, you need to speak up. And so she's kind of looking like, okay, it's a work in progress, but it's just, you know, it's a reminder for yourself. As you go through those little things, whether it's, you know, friend, child, whoever, it's a little reminder. I was like, okay, I need to speak up. I need to make sure because I oh, I didn't ask that question. I need to go back and make sure and ask that question. Or, you know what? This has been bothering me for too long. I need to say something. And that's always what you kind of go through in your, in your moments like that. A hundred percent. And that's incredible. And those skills you're teaching your daughter is something she will be able to use in her life forever, right? Mm-hmm. You're giving her those tools. I have to ask a question though. What's an ambervert? Yeah. An ambervert is a cross between the two, between okay. an extrovert and an introvert. So okay. I'm still learning it because I, like I said, I'm more of an extrovert. I'm starting to realize the pandemic has probably pushed me towards the ambervert side to where going outside, especially driving, I live in California in the Bay Area, so very fast city. 
And I swear, since coming out of the pandemic, people are in so much more of a hurry than they need to be. And I'm like the old man yelling at cloud where I'm just yelling at every single car. And my daughter's just like, mom, are you okay? It's like, no, that person. And so I, I tried to, I tried to fix the situation of me yelling at the person with my road rage by explaining to her, this is how you're supposed to drive. This is what they did wrong. And this is what you're supposed to do. Although it's, it's a teachable moment, but it like, so one of those crap, I'm going to pass this habit on to her, but I got to try and fix it just so she can understand. (laughs) So it's, it's always fun experience you go through like, okay, I need to calm down as I'm driving. I need to somehow maybe not internalize it, but not do it while she's in the car. (laughs) It's always fun. Yeah. And it's, again, it's just realizing and being self-aware in these situations that I know, for example, if I'm going to go and I have to drive somewhere, that's going to take some energy out of me. Yes. Because it's causing stress on my body, right? So being self-aware that you know this. So, Michelle, you are busy. You're a mama, you're running your business, and you are battling chronic illness all at the same time. How have you found or what have you found has helped you find some balance that you can prioritize your health, family time, your business, and make something and life that works for you, that gives you a life that you love living? Yes. It's a little bit of, as I'm learning from you, the spoon theory, but something that could pair well with the spoon theory is usable hours. And it's knowing how many usable hours you have each day. And it's similar as documenting your symptoms, but it's documenting your day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed for however long you want to keep track of it. So it could be a week, two weeks. And you also want to track how you felt during those pockets of time. And it's it's really like finding the the golden pockets of time during your day to where either the kids are at school, the kids are asleep, or it's quiet time at home between you and your significant other. Okay, I can crank out some some of my to-do lists in my business, or I have better energy in the morning to do a couple of chores. Let me schedule my time during the mid-morning. And it's just knowing what pockets of time works best for you. Like for me, I know that I can probably go a max three days with a good amount of energy before my MS and chronic fatigue um, kicks in. It's just like, okay, I need to sit down, take a break. And I'm trying to be better about it and not spending it in those three days. But I know it's hard for example, with traveling. I just went to Vegas a, a couple weekends ago We were gone from Friday through Monday, and it was actually the first time during the trip where I missed one of my husband's games, and it was a big blow for both of us on both sides because I don't ever miss his games. I don't ever miss his tournaments, any of that. That's who we are. That's how we met each other, all of that, and so... It was a moment where I'm laying in the bed and in the hotel room and it's just like, I don't think I'm going to make it to the game. He's like, no, you, you, you had a nap. You slept for about two hours. It's okay. 
just get dressed. Come on, let's go. And it's like, no, babe, I think we're at a point where we have to start accepting that I'm not going to be able to make it to every game. I go, trust me, I don't like it either. Because he used to play in a tournament that we don't go to anymore where it's called Midnight Madness in Carson City, Nevada. And it's literally madness where there's a game every single hour from Friday night to hope to go. Yes, Friday night until Monday morning. And I remember documenting. I have to find it somewhere in my pictures. I remember taking uh, uh, my notes app and just documenting which games in what times he played. <clears throat> it was like 11 games that whole weekend till the wee hours until, you know, late at night. There was even one year where we saw the sun go down and the sun come up being out there playing games, but it was such good times. And that's just my whole thing. And it's just like, babe, it's okay. I'm still here. We can still find time to, you know, spend time with each other. I just need a rest. And then, you know, then tomorrow's a new day. I'll have rest. I'll have food. I'll have energy and then go out there for your next game. It's just like, he kind of pouted, which was kind of cute. He was just like, okay. Because for him, it's weird for me not to be there. You know, I <clears throat> we kind of powwow on his at-bats, his defense, his whatever. Or if he just wants to sit next to me and we start chit-chatting about what we see, people watching, all of that. And that was just a whole new experience, you know, for us. And so it's just understanding now that's a new thing for me. I was like, okay, I need to journal this so I can keep track of it. Find now what my new time is and it's a constant journey where this was working at one point and then now it's no longer working let's kind of figure out what's going to work in the future and that's kind of the new juggling act you do just within your chronic illness besides all of the other things and I've also tried to besides the usable hours is my personal SOPs and that and I'm kind just going to for one second, just in case somebody yes. doesn't know what an SOP is. What an Thank SOP you. is, is a standardized operating procedure for, typically they are used in businesses, but more and more mm -hmm. using them in life can be really amazing, which I was going to tell you about it, but I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> you were like, SOP, what? No, thank you. Thank you. And I always get so excited. I just start talking and I forget about that little piece of it. But Yes. Standard operating procedures, yes, tip, like you said, typically for a business, but I wanted to put a different spin on it. And it was, again, kind of going through what I went through with my dad. It started there without me realizing it starting there because there were a couple of weekends when my cousin um, came in to relieve me a couple of weekends from out of town um, from Texas. And so I got my all of my notes, papers, and I was just like, okay, he eats at this time. He hasn't really been eating. He needs to take this medication at this time. If this is happens, this is the phone number you need to call. And it was literally all the procedures. And I was just like, so if you notice any changes, just write it down, timestamp it so I can kind of keep track of it. And then she kind of looked at me like, you're crazy, but okay. I was like, trust me, you're going to understand once you start spending some time with them. And she was like, all right. So then she came back or I came back from out of town and she was like, I understand now. She goes, I didn't think about it before when helping other family members, but this might be something, you know, you, you know, to use in the future. And so then starting my business after being diagnosed, it's like, what can I do? How can I share my story? What can I help people with? And 
Then it was, oh my gosh, personal SOPs for childcare, personal SOPs for chronic illness, personal SOPs for caregiving. And you can even do household management because there's a lot of people now looking into hiring house managers. All right, how do you want your house handled? You have a specific way. And us as women, we're usually the ones that's going to decorate the house, put everything in its place, and not everybody knows where everything goes. You may have a way to how you do the dishwasher. You want the cups bailed out this way, the bowls over here, the pots over here, however you choose. If you want it done that way, or even if you just give a simple guideline on how somebody could step in on those days you can't do it, or if someone is just nice enough to say, hey, I want to help you today. How can I help you? Oh, perfect. I have a binder of SOPs. Pick your pick your poison and here's how you can help me. <laughs> you know, it can go, it can get as specific as you want it to be. I've even, I'm starting to get some ideas for in case of emergencies, whether it's natural disaster or I had a coffee chat earlier in the year where someone was helping a client, but the client passed away unexpectedly. And then it was to the point where everybody in that client's business and then even the family were like, okay, we don't know what to do. We don't have passwords. We don't know what to do. And then it starts, then my idea started spiraling from there. I was like, oh my gosh, they might be onto something because you know, someone passed away. You got to be able to know what their passwords are to where if you have to get that email notification to reset and, you know, the whole gambit what do you do? I was like, okay, you need to list that out. You need to write it out. And so you can, you can take personal SOPs into a whole new level. It's just a matter of taking the time to write it out. That's where I can come in and help you with writing it out and trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to say? How do I say it? Who do I give it to? Or just have it in like a universal place to where someone can easily find it and, and go crazy. That is so incredible. I love that you have taken from your life and situation and events that you have been in that you don't want anyone to be in that situation. You want to help people so that they are able to, like you said, when you're caring for your father, the, mm-hmm. you are able to have your cousin come in and relieve you. Because yeah. as family members, when we are caring for people in our lives or our children or whatever that looks like, even our pets, like, People call me crazy. I have SOPs for my dog walker. She is the most incredible. I have that person. one. Yes. I I'm have the entity for that one too. So you're speaking what? my language. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm, I'm a big proponent yes. on SOPs and systems because I truly believe I'm on your level that they have a place and they make such a massive difference. One, you're going to save your mental energy. So if you forget what you're doing, it's okay when brain fog steps in because you follow the you follow what it says. Right. Yes. Also, you can even do it for self care. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, mm-hmm. Michelle, you brought up a great point. If somebody in your life wants to support you, they yes. you have active things you can get them to help you with, so that things are done your way. And even if you have somebody, if you're at that point in your life where you are bringing in a house manager, where you are bringing in support, it can be done the way that you want it to be done and done properly. This. Like you said, business, legacy plans. There's so many ways that these serve such an important purpose. And I'm so happy that you are also on a mission and helping people do this in their lives because I think it's such important work. And a lot of people think maybe it's too much or, oh, you know, that's a lot of work. 
yes, it is some work in the beginning, but let me tell you, not only from my experience, Michelle, you can say as well, but in a lot of my clients' lives, it has impacted it in such a drastic way that they feel like they're actually living their lives again, that they're not caught in this hamster wheel of just doing the same thing because they can look. And I love that you said usable hours. They can see where are my usable hours in my day? How can I get more usable hours for what I want to do? Yep. Right? Yeah. That is so incredible. I have just, I love everything that you're saying. You're speaking <laughs> right. systems nerd. We are both systems nerds. Yeah. I'm here for it. But we're all human and we're just trying to do the best we can. So by creating these tools and resources that are going to help you, same with all of your medical information. Put it, get it down, get it written down, have it all with you, have it available for emergencies. I really encourage to have a digital copy as well. So it's on your phone, so you don't always have to carry a binder. And that is something that I help my clients build in our membership because it's so important. It's so important. So I have a a final question for you, Michelle. If you could go back to when you were starting to go through all of these symptoms, when you went to your doctor, when you were being that newly diagnosed, kind of starting this chronic illness journey, what would you tell yourself? Oh my gosh. I would tell myself that it does get better because you will find ways to still live life and not let it get you down. And I thank my father for that, really. He went his whole entire life. He went through health issues. And that's part of I, I, I'm claiming the resiliency comes from. And it's just trying to follow his foot, his footsteps, because we me and my mom, we jokingly called him the man with nine lives, where almost I mean, anything possible. But one of the things that he went through could have done damage to one person by itself and in no particular order he had his index fingers severed through a job accident he was mauled by two pit bulls lost his left eye and a, a decent portion of his left ear he had his chest coat open with the forklift two heart trans no two heart attacks one heart transplant oh my gosh he's a vietnam veteran he's the baby of 13 taking care of like a lot of the siblings that's out here in California. There was so many things, but his demeanor about how he went through it, actually the best way to explain it was the triage nurse for when he severed his finger. And she goes, oh my gosh, let's see if we can try and reattach the finger. And then she even had to take a step back. It was just like, sir, how are you so calm? He was what else am I going to do? And it's just like, I wish I could buy, I'm a worry ward. So I worry about everything. And that's just like, okay, wait, calm, deep breaths. I'm okay. Life is okay. But the resiliency factor from all of his stories in one, and it's just like, how would dad get through this? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, it's how would dad get through this? And yeah, and it's I try to I try to channel that as best I can. Of course, you go through those moments where you feel like you're failing, but you still have to remember that you're here. Every one of the first things I always list in my gratitude journal is 
another day to have a good day. I'm grateful for another day to have a good day. And just trying to carry that mentality and just, yeah, really knowing that I will be okay. It's just another obstacle in life's beautiful bitchiness (laughs) that I call. And, you know, she's going to keep throwing her curveballs at you. But you take what the defense gives you and you hit your home run and you'll be fine. My heart, the fact that you just use a soft, like a baseball reference is just, oh, love it. Kiss. But I'm putting that, it's a, you know what it makes me think of? Kind of like the Grey's Anatomy. It's a beautiful day to save lives, but it's a good day to have a good day. Yes. That's going on my quote wall. I love it. And your dad (laughs) just sounds like such an incredible person that made such an impact on your life and to show that resiliency that you're able to now share with your family, I think is incredible. And I really think that you should. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a big Swifty. Okay. And I love (laughs) all about the friendship bracelets is you should get a bracelet or something like that. And it should say WWDD. What would dad do? Ooh, I like that. I like that. And then you could look at it or anything. I know I'm going to put my notes what would dad do definitely dad i like do, that right? at this source of like looking down sometimes we take that moment where we're like okay and we all have that person in our life right that we we think of and yes. we're like, how would this person handle this situation and that sounds like your dad i just feel like that would be awesome yes that'll go on my craft boards of things oh. to make I, I love, love it. That. And now that you're saying it's T Swift, her birthday is the same day as my mom. Today's my mom's birthday, too. <laughs> yes. So we are recording this on December 13th, which yes. Yes, is Michelle's mom's birthday, T Swift's birthday. The Eras Tour is now available to rent, which this is going to come out in January. It should still be available. But I oh, highly, it probably will. I highly encourage you to watch it. I, I'm still manifesting tickets to the show. And I'm just going to keep nice. it out there. I'm keeping that energy out there. So if any of universe. you chronic illness besties want to bring me with you to T-Swift Eras Tour, I will gladly hop on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have just so enjoyed connecting with you and yes, hearing your story, Michelle, and the way that you've been able to, like you said, be resilient, put in systems and strategies that work for you, your life, and your family and that you're helping other people do the same, I think is incredible. So all of our listeners out there, if they want to get in contact with you, in touch, if they're ready to start their resiliency journey, how can they get in contact with you? Oh my gosh. You can um, reach out to me via email, Michelle with two L's at mmvirtualresources.com, or you can Reach out to me on Instagram at mmvirtualresources. I'm also on TikTok, mmvirtualresource with the number one at the end. And I will yeah. link these all below. So if you're listening, yes. they're in the show notes for you too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yeah, let me know. I, I have a freebie I can share with your audience if that's okay. Oh, um, we would love also- that. Yes, it's called the Resilient Entrepreneur's Toolkit, of course, the resiliency factor. And it's all of my tips, tools, and tricks and, and things around mental health, physical health support, travel, 
and any anything in between i could i could have thought of and our our one of our our biz besties sarah weiss she was just like oh my oh. gosh it's so robust she was like you shouldn't have put this in the freebie but it's one of those type of freebies that you have to just give away i'm just like okay oh perfect. my gosh no problem about that if- I'm working on one of those right now because it's like the stuff you shouldn't give away, but you do. So you feel kind of like, and then you just excited because it's getting in people's hands. Oh my gosh. Everybody go download that freebie. Go check it out for sure. And Sarah was, I freaking love her. Yes. She is is a TikTok content strategist and just a really freaking good person and fellow chronic warrior. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Well, so good, Michelle. It was so great to have you. And I hope you have such a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to this episode. If this episode inspired you or you connected with it, we would love to hear from you. Can you do us a favor? Take just two minutes to leave us a review. Your words can make the world of a difference on our podcast journey. We genuinely appreciate your support. Hit that subscribe button and click the plus sign at the top to follow us. That way you'll be the first to know when a new episode drops. Trust me, you won't want to miss the exciting content we have in store. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Until next time, sending you love, hugs, and all the spoons.